that's where you find your voice. That's how you find your unique path is by being pushed into it. Because by nature, the easiest is just to follow what other people do and try to do it as well as they do. But, you know, if you can, if you get off of that path, it's much more difficult, but you will have something unique and something that's yours. Hi, I'm August Perro. Hi, I'm Lisa Cady. And you are entering a world gone good. You are entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and this is the place where we shine the light into the darkness to prove there is still good out there. And we like to do that every Wednesday, apparently. Please help us spread the good by sharing, subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on whatever platform you are listening in on right now. And why not go check out our brand new website, handcrafted by my pal, Lisa. Visit worldgonegoodpodcast.com to find all the good in one convenient location. Okay, here's a question. Do you love what you do? Do you like what you do? When you get up in the morning, are you like, hell yeah, let's go. I get to go insert best thing ever here that some idiot pays me to do every single day. Um, or, and there's no judgment here, do you get up and go to it because it pays the bills and it's got good health insurance? Nothing wrong with that. If you could, what would you be doing every day? Man, I am asking you so many questions. Why am I asking you so many questions? I'm asking you because, and I'm speaking for myself here too, life is short. If we learn anything in the past almost two years of slogging through this seemingly endless pandemic, it is to not waste time, live in the moment, and follow our passion, or passions plural. Again, I don't judge. I'm just saying things. Calm down. We've had guests before who have talked about this very idea. Go look up our shows with Deb Boulanger and Brett Gornick and Margot Potter and Jason Lobig, just to name a few. Or just hang out another few seconds and you're going to meet Lisa Cady and August Paro from Agasso Outdoor. These are two people with a passion for Broncos, the kind that comes with four wheels, maybe a fifth in the trunk as a spare, I guess. Together, they've turned their passion into their everyday lives and jobs. Buckle up, my friends. We're about to talk about following your path and your passion. to have a passion, a passion. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about passions and journeys and, and, and destinations and hopefully some boundaries as well. You, I'm reading right from your, your own website. You have a vision for what a sympathetically modernized Bronco should be. And you want to expand the boundaries of both the journey and the destination. So let's talk about, we're just going to start here. Where did you two meet? So we met through a mutual friend and um, odds are against this, but Lisa was actually restoring Jeeps and Broncos uh, on spec and then selling them. And that was something that I had done most of my life as a hobby, not necessarily Jeeps and Broncos, but just old cars in general. And, um, and so 
it was it, it started that way. We were we were introduced, and um, it kind of took off from there. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a high school buddy of his. Um, still remains to this day one of his closest friends. Um, I watched his dog the other week, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it just sort of organically grew over time. It took it took a long time to get here. It was one humble step at a time, but. Um, every move we made was very considered and, you know, we were introduced and within four or five months, I think, uh, space had kind of fallen in our lap. That was a sublease and it was just the right amount of space, but no commitment to just test drive some ideas. And then before we knew it, word had gotten out and we were, had more work than we could deal with, um, when it came to, um, kind of smaller scale Bronco restoration. And then we started doing, full-scale, full-frame-off restorations for clients. And it's just now we're in a, a, a space quadruple the size, and we need to double that space again. And so it's, you know, in the span of four years, it's it's grown very quickly. Yes. And I have the, the gray hairs. I don't actually have the gray hairs, but I'm <laughs> but metaphorically, I have the gray hairs to prove it. When your friend introduced you, was it as to – for you two to be friends, for you two to be in a relationship, for you two be, to start a business, what was the what was the spark? I think uh, just the fact that we, I had a Bronco. He knew I restored it myself, um, and it was really the only vehicle in the world that I knew how to restore from front to back. Um, and uh, because she was doing that kind of work herself. Um, that was that was it. It was just basically like you guys should know each other. It's a really small world. I mean, the the vintage car industry and restoration it's it's a pretty small world. And then on top of that, to be specializing in vintage four by fours, on top of that, to be specializing in the Bronco, it's really really niche. And I always made a big effort to know everybody in that small world because that's the world I chose to be in. Have you always been passionate about cars and the feeling that it gives you? For me, I mean, I worked in historic preservation and architecture before. And I, I mean, since I was a little girl, I just was obsessed with older homes, older things. And I never wanted, I never driven a normal car I've never or a, a brand new car. I've never owned one. I don't, I've never lived in a brand new house. I just, I don't, I, I, there's a craftsmanship that lacks. There's an attention to detail that lacks in the profession. I chose initially after high school being architecture and interior design is just, it just is, is it's this through line with me is working with working with what came before working with quality materials. And this current time in history doesn't, value materials and craftsmanship like it used to. And so I'm drawn to things from a previous generation that did value those things. And, and our, our planet more easily allowed us access to those materials like quality uh, old growth wood and uh, many things that aren't available anymore because we did burn through them, but those things still exist, whether it's a home that's was built in the twenties, whether it's a vehicle built in the sixties, uh, it's just there's there's a quality there and a sense of history that gives me kind of a sense of belonging and that, like understanding why I'm here. I think the first car I ever had, I, I could have bought a clapped out Toyota, but instead I dragged home a, you know, I dragged home an Oldsmobile 
and I still have that car. Um, it's a 65 Cutlass convertible and I've had it since then. And it was just something that I knew was much cooler than a Toyota. It's absolutely a part of me. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with electrics now, whether, I mean, I think we're going into another, uh, a golden era for vintage cars because there are, most of them are going to get converted to electric. What is it about finding the right car that would um, inspire or spark somebody to, I would have never thought of like, you know, building my own car from the ground up. I just go to the dealer and look for the best deal. So what is it about that relationship with the person and this process? It's kind of like, you know, why people buy different types of shoes or clothing or a different type of house. It's just an extension of, of who you are and, and what you want to convey, which sounds really shallow. But the difference is with, with a car like this, what makes them so magical to me is that you can actually use them to do things. It isn't just... Like a vintage Ferrari, you would go out and you'd drive it, but you, you can't really park it and walk away from it anywhere. You can't take it off-road. You can't go you, – you can't adventure with it because it is so precious and it has to be so taken care of. But a Bronco is something that you can actually drive in the snow. You can drive it in the rain and not freak out about it. And it just puts a smile on your face. You know, and that's in the end, that's the reason why we do it. The idea of adventure. And then with the top coming off and having that freedom and having, you know, the sun shining and the wind, blow, like it's, it's just a really, really different driving experience. That's really unique uh, for a four by four experience and for driving a vintage car. It truly is a unique combination of a couple of different things. And so I think that that's very much what makes it unique. In the end, that's why you're that's why you're doing it. That's why you that's why it's interesting and 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 a satisfaction experience to drive it is because of the way it makes you feel. And you have customers that come to you and they get to design with you, or do they is it like a pre like <laughs> you know, like if you were putting a house together? Is it a set of pre-builds or how does it work that they get to design, you know, from the ground up? How much say does the customer have? They have some freedom within parameters. Um, like, for example, when it comes to anything mechanical or safety or function related, um, they don't really get a lot of choice. That's where our experience comes in and we truly do know best. We know exactly what fuel injection system to use, what brakes to use, uh, just all, all of those things mechanically. They don't have a choice. Uh, for the, if they if they truly want a different engine, a different transmission, then we, we probably aren't the shop for them because we've, we've tested this. We know what works and what does not. And it would not benefit us or them to use, you know, subpar components. When it comes to aesthetics, uh, we do work within a certain range of, certain types of materials, a certain quality, a certain aesthetic. Uh, we will not use fabrics and materials that are inappropriate for the platform. We're not trying to make this thing something that's not. We're fortunate enough now that, that clients are coming to us for what we do, which makes it a lot easier. 
sometimes we just have to steer them off of certain things and say, listen, this is kind of like a house. You want to consider resale value um, unless you know you're just going to keep this forever and pass it down to children or grandchildren. They value the same things we value. Um, And it very rarely actually occurs where we have somebody that wants to do a build with us and we feel it's not the right fit. It's, it does not really happen much. Um, so it's, it's quite organic how our clients and, and we find each other. So this is a question I ask a lot of my guests. And the question I ask is, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what would you tell them about this experience, this journey, this thing you're doing now? So August, I'm going to throw to you first. What would you tell your 17, 18-year-old self about where you are now where that person was then. How do you, how would you talk to that guy? <laughs> About all the things to avoid in life. Um, no, I mean, listen, if I, if I take that seriously, it would just be, um, don't worry so much about whether or not it's the right decision. I mean, obviously you need to consider whether or not the path is the right path. But if you, if you are going to make the decision um, commit to it as much as you possibly can, because you learn things by committing to your chosen path. And, um, and it, you learn things that you can take with you, um, because it may work out. It may not work out for many different reasons. Sometimes it's within your control. Sometimes it's not within your control, but it's, it comes down to, you want to learn everything that you can every day that you're alive. And if that's taking a job for somebody else, um, learn everything that you can. Because I, you know, when I my stepdad was a contractor and I worked for him a lot before, before you know, setting off and doing my own thing, and, and I didn't care enough at the time to really, you know, put all of my effort into doing that. There was so much more I could have learned working with him, but instead I just showed up and did what I was told, and. Now, whenever I have an opportunity to do something, I show up and give it everything that I have, because even if you're not getting paid for it, everything that you learn, and it's important. Lisa, what would you tell your younger self? I'm an oldest child, and I'm kind of used to paving my own road. And so therefore, you know, there's one, a lot of wonderful things that come with the skill set with that, but a pitfall is not knowing when to ask for help and not knowing when to seek advice and not knowing when to seek out who's come before you and be vulnerable with them and actually ask what their experience is and what they would have done. And so I've paved my own road this for my entire life. Um, and I could have, I could have maybe limited the pain a little bit more (laughs) if I would have, asked for more help or, or went out and sought a little more advice or, or there there has been pain or admitted that I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I needed some guidance and, 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 you know, I'm just used to kind of just figuring my own way out and that's just sort of what I'm used to doing. But, you know, I could, I could have saved a lot of time (laughs) if I I maybe phoned a friend a little more often. (laughs) I love that you said phone to friend. <laughs> I'd like to use my phone call, Steve. Yes. <laughs> it's become so part of our lingo. Well, let me ask this too before we wrap up here. You both, this is a business, right? And and there's a certain amount of seriousness to it. Is this fun? 
<laughs> there are times when it's fun. There are times when it's not fun, but there are times when it's fun. We do know how, how to have a good time. Like we have a really good crew and we know how to have fun and we, we joke around and, you know, then I crack the whip and it's everybody back to work. But um, we, we do have a great time and it's so important to, you, I mean, you spend eight to 12 hours per day, five days a week or more days a week with the people you work with. And it's just really important to enjoy each other's company. There are a lot of times where it feels like barefoot water skiing over broken cinder blocks, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but yes, it's, it's definitely joyful and, and it does make all the difference in the world to work with people that you enjoy working with. I mean, that really is the key, but yeah, I mean, there are moments where we're test driving something or, you know, where it's just, you just kind of sit back for a second and go, wow, okay, wait a minute, really doing this, like have this shop that I always dreamed of. There's a satisfaction to it that is, I don't know, it's, you can't compare it to anything else. Um, you just think this, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So just based on what you said, that takes us back to the beginning of a journey and a destination. So how do you feel about those words? Staying connected is the important part, not forgetting why you're doing it. And yeah, I mean, now it's, it's hard to focus on the journey until you can turn around and look back and see how much ground you've covered um, collectively. And it's, it makes me smile now to understand how much ground we've covered. And um, I don't know what the destination is now. Um, you know, we put that on the website because the a Bronco is the kind of thing where you can use it to get to th- adventures. Like if you want to go camping, if you want to, whatever, I mean, that was the whole purpose behind that and how, how that metaphor works for life. We're still figuring out what the destination is for this one, but. Well, the nature of the product is it's not so much about the destination as it's about getting there and your experience of getting there. Both literally and figuratively. Yeah, and I, I guess if you want to expand that, um, having four wheel drive and ha- you know the the object behind the, the the objective behind the Bronco is is an off road sports car, is what Ford called it. And so the point being that you can now expand your list of destinations. You're no longer limited to where roads go. And so uh, I, I guess it's again it's an interesting metaphor to think that the destination of life now for us has been expanded greatly as well because this isn't just building cars now this is engineering this is design it's um it's problem solving on so many different levels and it's also running a business and operational systems and and all those things that i'm talking about like if this were to fold tomorrow if if we had some event that caused us to go out of business God, there's so many skills that I've learned in this. Lisa, you said something earlier about passion. I want to go back to this for one quick second here. We talked about the business side of this. You used to work at a nine-to-five job, yes, for a company. Yeah, for different interior design firms and architecture firms. So you understand that, I mean, there is a, 
there's a comfortability, right? That there's a weekly paycheck that comes, there's benefits, there's a lot of pros with that, right? But for somebody who's got a passion like you both do, and they're looking to expand and go entrepreneurial and jump out there, what would you tell somebody on the confidence side, on the, um, you're gonna, <laughs> you won't die, you won't starve. Like what, what would you tell somebody to, to try to encourage them to take a leap of faith? If you're passionate about it, and it really speaks to who you are. It makes you feel like you're at home. It makes you feel like you belong. You don't have to think before you make a decision. I mean, I, I even, you know, financially in the end, I mean, I'm, I'll, I, I'm very confident that I will be for the better than after leaving my nine to five. But for a, a pretty big window of my life, I'm not going to be better. But I'm willing to make that commitment. And just going for it. And giving it your all and seeing if it works. If it doesn't work, then then it didn't work out. But I mean, you, you don't know anything until you try. The things I have done to make this work, that I mean, that I've Airbnb'd my home to the nth degree. I've pulled every resource possible. I've, you know, endured stress and, and done things that a lot of, and, and endured, mostly endured stressors that most people probably would not have endured. The idea of, hey, you know what, I'll just start, we'll just start a business restoring cars. There are so many people out there who do quality work. Um, and, you know, to be the best in the world at something, you figure this is going to take forever. And they, everyone takes their own path. You can grow it. You can, you can excel at this as quickly as you can find a path to excel at it. And Everyone has to start where you start. So it's, it, I think that, that to me, you know what, so look, we're going back to the question of like, what would I tell myself? I would say, if you are willing to devote the time and the effort, you can be good at this much faster than most people would think. And I'm not just saying that to myself, like that's not an arrogant statement. I'm saying, I would say that to anyone. If you're open to the process and you are truly committed, you will rise faster than you think, and those people will become your peers. For us, our voice is the product, but whatever else you're talking about doing, um, that's where you find your voice. That's how you find your unique path, is by being pushed into it. Because by nature, the easiest is just to follow what other people do and try to do it as well as they do. But, you know, if you can, if you get off of that path, it's much more difficult, but you will have something unique and something that's yours. Back to the point we've discussed before, if you, if you just commit to something, not only will you find if it's right for you, you'll find out if it works, you'll find out if it's sustainable and viable. Just if you do something, make the choice to just give it your all. We close these shows with two questions. Don't worry, you know the answers. August, I'm going to start with you with question number one. You can go back to anything we've already talked about or anything you want to say. The question is simple. Who inspires you? You know who inspires me? Okay, so Rod Emery, um, because this is, we're talking about our industry. Rod Emery um, has been restoring Porsches for 30 something years and he grew up with his, it's in his family. Um, uh, 
And he has an amazing business, has an amazing program, and uh, and still does what he can to get on the floor. Sometimes he has to get there at four o'clock in the morning so that he can do it because they open pretty early. But he's so hands-on, so passionate about what he does and is inseparable from the product. Um, and I, I admire that. I admire the fact that he just continues to spend his time honing the product and refining the product and just making it better and better and better. And that follows, I'm sure, the growth of his life and his skill set. And the fact that he has such intimate understanding of everything could probably, not probably, there is no probably, he could take the shell of the car and build the, build the pieces that are missing, shape them, paint it, the whole, the entire thing. He can build that entire car. And, um, I just admire that. And I admire anybody who has that kind of mastery over whatever they do, because it, takes a long time and it takes a lot of being open to it. And it just, it takes a lot of understanding and you really have to live something to be able to do it like that. So Lisa, you had all that time to think about who you admire. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Did she get a different question? She gets the same question, but she had all that time. <laughs> I think Jesse Combs is someone to look up to quite a lot. And of course she ended up losing her life with what she was chasing. Um, but I, and I actually met her once at a, at a motorcycle ride out event, um, a couple of years back, I think it was like maybe a year before she died. Steve, uh, Jesse, Jesse Combs is, a was a, um, she was a host, uh, and not just a host, but she, the, like how do you choose a welder, a, a builder of cars, motorcycles, um, and then wound up hosting, uh, you know, segged into hosting shows and was really well regarded by so many people. And she was going for a land speed record and had a mechanical and lost her life that way, uh, which is tragic, but she, she lived it, you know? She was really lived it. So sorry, Lisa, go ahead. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's just the point of committing to something. And I mean, part of committing to something is, is fully understanding that you could lose a lot in the process, but it's, you know, the, the quintessential saying of, you know, high, a, a life half lived, etc. Um, but I mean, she, she had so many wonderful crafts. Um, I've obviously, I didn't know her personally. I met her briefly, um, but just, you know, who she was as a person and, and what she stood for and the craft and the skill set that she had and, and what she did in the short amount of years that really in the end she ended up having, um, is, is really inspiring. And I feel like the, the mm. impact that she made is so much greater than, than what someone with, you know, twice or two and a half times the lifespan she had would have had. And I find that very inspiring and very moving and, and, and I would hope that I would have any semblance of a similar impact over whatever lifespan I, I do have. 
And the final question we ask to end all our shows is not a question. It's a statement. Lisa, I'm going to start with you. It can go back to anything we talked about. It can be personal. It can be whatever. It's very simple. Tell me something good. My siblings. I love them. And I have a wonderful relationship with them. And I could not imagine my life without them. And I'm so thankful that I have the relationship I do with my family. It's never too late to start over. The The best era of your life might easily be the era in front of you or two or three eras in front of where you are. You know, don't ever freak out about the fact that you might not have enough time left. You still have time to do plenty of things. Thank you, Lisa and August, for sharing your good. You can find out way more on their website, agasooutdoor.com. Next time on World Gone Good. The thing of all astrology and numerology for me is that it gives us permission to be who we already are. It gives us something that we can point at and say, well, you know, I'm like that because I'm a, and then fill in the blank. My friend Bonnie Gillespie is all about the numbers and the woo and the charts and the chart harmony. That's actually the name of her company where she provides simple rituals to balance your life for love, abundance, vitality, and more. If she's not called the astrologer's daughter for nothing, we are going to explore the good of numerology and astrology. And I'm going to get my own chart read, which we actually record this on my birthday and it was the best birthday present ever. Plus you get to find out your own numerology. So much good to be had. I can't wait for you to hear this show. Until then, be good.